Hi there, you're listening to Behind the Soundcheck, a podcast running in conjunction with the Soundcheck website. Now, it's been a red hot minute between seasons, but welcome today to the start of season two of this podcast. I am your host, Tiana Speeder, and I am here to take you with me behind the scenes of the music industry with chats from all around the musical realms, from musicians to managers, roadies and beyond. Season one is up and running right now, featuring 10 chats with some of my favourite people from around the Aussie music scene. But today, to start season two off in incredible fashion, my guest is a truly formidable force of creative nature. A combination of driving innovation, sheer talent and a thirst for knowledge in every facet of the creative process, Jacob Lee has evolved into a formidable fixture in the music industry. And perhaps most impressively, he has built his empire completely independently. Amassing hundreds of millions of streams worldwide without a label or booking agent, Jacob has cemented himself as one of the most streamed artists in Australia via his captivating tunes and creamy vocals. But the Jacob Lee story doesn't stop in the studio, with Jacob now also helming his own independent label Philosophical Records, trailblazing in the world of music NFTs, and he's always continually leveling up and sharing every skill in his possession. The ultimate music entrepreneur, Jacob Lee is a tireless and relentlessly inspiring human being. And somehow amongst all of his endeavors, he is also this week poised to release a hotly anticipated new single, Break My Heart Again, which signals at some exciting stylistic shifts as Jacob sits ready to ignite this brand new 2022 creative chapter. Now, this is a human being I could sit with and chat all day long, but we did keep it to a podcast-friendly timing for today. But I do hope you enjoy this first chat for season two of Behind the Soundcheck as Jacob joins me to chat new music, creativity, branching beyond his comfort zone and beyond. Here we go. Well, I now have Jacob Lee joining me here on the Soundchecks podcast. Jacob, it is always a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Well, back at you. And I know as someone who has his hands in a lot of many, many things coming into 2022, there is something I really want to start off and talk about first and foremost before we get into all your amazing adventures. Firstly, new music, new tunes, but it's not just a single here and there, a surprise drop. We're actually building towards an album. Can you tell me how how it feels to be releasing music in 2022 and actually building towards this brand new release? It feels odd, to be honest, because it's been too long since I released anything of like of purpose. Like I've been, I last year I put out an EP, but that was literally because I had uh, to wait for contracts to go through for some of these deals behind the scenes. And uh, I guess I've reached a point in my career now where there are people who want to assist in the distribution and promotion of the music. And I feel like I've reached somewhat of a ceiling independently with the solopreneur thing that I've been doing for the past seven years. So I've it's kind of been like this full circle moment where I'm ready and also other people are interested, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, the conversations have been great and it's a good problem to have where this is, you know, taking a long time, but still the fact that it has taken almost a year to kind of solidify the contracts and the deals and get these relationships sorted, uh, Mm -hmm. that has slowed me down a lot. So these songs, which I'm about to release, they've been ready for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. and they've just been sitting in the hard drive. Mm -hmm. So they feel very old to me. I have a whole bunch 
of new music that's actually like written in the present that has been, you know, written a few weeks ago that I would love to put out now, but I need to get these out first, finish this album and see what happens after that. Yeah. And I guess that's where I wanted to kind of go into with this new material, which is new for everyone else, except for yourself by the sound of it. But how much of it was written before the world went mad? Like, did you have this stuff kind of in the works? Because I know you previously released Conscience, like you've obviously had a lot of stuff on the go and the surprise EP last year as well. But how much was ready to roll? Like, did anything get written because of the pandemic? Or what was the inspiration behind the writing of this one? Majority of it was written prior to the pandemic. Mm. Uh, there were a few songs which came during because I just had so much free time. So yeah. I kind of spent most of my time either writing music, obviously being a dad or trying to create new businesses because I was bored and that's just what I like to do. And some of them have done well and some of them I've completely canned. Uh, one was a clothing line, which I thought I would find interesting, but I did not <laughs> at all. You never know till you try though. Like yeah. that's the thing, you have to try it. <laughs> Seriously. And it was like, it was fun initially. And it started doing well. I was making all these sales through doing like the e-commerce, you know, drop shipping kind of thing. Um, but it was starting to take up far too much time. And I should have recognized that at the beginning that any business will take a lot of your time. So I put that to the side. It might be something I pick up again if it feels right. But I definitely threw that off to the side and began more of like a Web3 company instead. Uh, but in the midst of that, I was continuously writing music and uh, a few of those songs I liked more than what I currently or what I had uh, placed on the album originally. Mm. And so I subbed in a few new tracks and uh, I love the album. I think it's beautiful, even though I'm very like removed from the emotional state I was in when I wrote them, mm. I still think they're great songs. So I'm looking forward to getting them out to people and, and hopefully speeding up that release process again, because yeah. I used to put a song out every month yeah. and I only put four songs out last year and that was tragic. So it's been nice to see like the listener base stay mm. and they've been, you know, uh, embracing everything else I've been doing in the meantime. So I don't feel like I've disappeared to be honest. I've been online, but, uh, the, the crux of what I do unfortunately wasn't there for a while yeah and I guess like even without a pandemic you never quite know how things are going to pan out and the best laid plans can always obviously go a little bit awry at times but stylistically I think what I'm seeing in this is like you are never someone that is easy to pin down even though everyone loves to whack labels on people and you know pigeonhole people but I do believe COVID also allowed you to experiment a little bit in some of your you know, actual instrumentation and stuff too. Like I, am I correct? You actually enhanced a few of your, you know, electronic side of things and embraced a bit more of that. Like how did that contribute to what your overall aesthetic is sonically with this release? Definitely. And the reason for that is because prior to COVID, I was always very uh, frightened of jumping into production and it was a self-limiting belief that I had for no reason whatsoever. And I feel like that occurred because I work with people who are already incredible at it and I saw such a distance between my ability in production and theirs that I just didn't even start. Mm -hmm. But through COVID again, I had some time. So I, I finally got Pro Tools and started messing around and buying a bunch of synths that I probably yes. didn't need and, you know, spent so much time doing it where... I'm nowhere near where I want to be as like a mix engineer, but I was able to uh, almost inject my own instrumentation ideas 
into the pre-production of the record where I never could do that because I had someone else pre-producing it for me. So I would write everything acoustically and then they would come through with all the production ideas where now I'm putting the production ideas forward Mm -hmm. and allowing them to just tidy it up and add new sounds if they feel like they're necessary. Mm -hmm. So that's been really good (laughs) for me to feel so much more empowered Mm -hmm. in the writing process. And naturally what's happened, which I was surprised by, is I've gone way more electronic. Mm. I didn't expect that because all my music's been very acoustic and organic. Uh, But I'm just obsessed with that sound and and jumping into um, like modular synthesis and FM synthesis and figuring out all the mathematics behind it. And it's been a learning curve, but it's so much more fun than just playing acoustic guitar. You know, and that's going to be a subjective experience for everyone. But I can say that because my whole career has been acoustic. Yeah. So it's been very interesting for me to kind of shift from that completely and move into a, a very br- like a brand new landscape, which I honestly never thought I would touch. So, yeah, which is exciting because as an artist, you are someone so renowned for the intimacy and like your lyrics are just pure poetry set to music. Like it's incredible how immersive it can be. But somehow you found a way to marry all of this as well as these, you know, skills that you probably would have picked up anyway but maybe got fast-tracked by the pandemic but what is it that you hope someone gets out of a Jacob Lee album in 2022 like is there any intention or are you just kind of letting it out into the world but what do you kind of hope people take away from something like this I want the lyrics to still shine through that's still my priority and I feel like that will be my priority in every album ever Mm. I just adore words and I like putting them together in a way which evokes some sort of emotion Um, but I do think the new music has a lot more of a commercial sense to it. There's like an essence of that within it, which I like because I'm at a point again, where I want to evolve into a brand new level of publicity. And I've always tried to find the balance between entrepreneurship and artistry. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people either go too far one way. And if you can exist in the middle, you're creating authentic, genuine music whilst doing it in a, in a way that actually is conducive to a commercial environment, you know? So I feel like through this record, I'm getting closer to finding that balance Mm. and people can listen to the music just because they like the melody or if they dive deeper, they can get a a very um, intricate, delicate kind of story Mm. that they might not expect from that type of sound, you know. So it's been fun trying to inject those meaningful lyrics into what usually doesn't have that type of lyricism, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an interesting side of what's been going on like there are so many universal stories that have come out of it but it can be your completely personal moment completely personal thing like alone in your studio but somehow it just ricochets and resonates out with all these people but in terms of like how you write still in this current climate like do you actively seek out to challenge yourself and change how you create these days like even you brought all these new skills into it like do you constantly look outside for inspiration or are you like totally insular in how you are inspired creatively I think honestly, at this stage, I've been very insular with it. And that's because I just haven't had many new experiences because (laughs) of COVID. Like I've not been able to go anywhere and experience Mm. new things. The most like brand new, exciting thing in my life was becoming a dad, you know? And so there's been a lot of things I've written around that, Mm. which I wouldn't say I do have a specific song about that yet it usually takes and this might sound odd but it usually takes my subconscious a little while to digest those big moments to Mm. actually articulate them if I do it too early it just comes across cliche and forced um but uh you know I've I think I've just been trying to uh 
figure out the best way to put forth music in a way that helps people still. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm always going to try and implement into the music. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it always does come across. So it's a very difficult thing to sometimes, you know, reach that fruition. But are there artists that you potentially listened to or have listened to in the past that have done that for you? Like not saying you're channeling them necessarily, but what kind of artists have you connected with that may or may not have impacted on your own eventual creative journey? I think it changes every year (laughs) depending on what I'm interested in. Mm. You know, I've been listening to a lot of hip hop, but that doesn't come across in my music, I wouldn't think. Um, The closest thing would be me just chucking a whole bunch of trap hats into my music and then Matt, my producer, just ripping them out instantly like they don't belong here, (laughs) they don't belong in this song. Uh, But I really am resonating with... um, Childish Gambino and that type of music, very experimental uh, because he does experiment a lot with soundscapes. So I've found that it's been, it's really fun for me to like experiment in a way that is unorthodox and uh, in a way that I usually wouldn't because I was very uh, tame in how I created through the first few records. It was similar the whole way through. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's done well, but you get to a point as an artist where you do get bored of your sound a little bit, or I did at least, and um, I've just been trying to do as much as I can, which is uh, removed from that sound, you know, Mm. and it's uh, come through in a way which, again, I didn't expect, and I'm looking forward to seeing what people think when they Mm. hear it. So Yeah, I think that's the thing is sometimes, like, when a band changes really drastically, people, like, get a little, like, they get very attached to things, and it's like, they get very personally involved, but I feel like you've still done it by keeping the Jacob Lee stamp on it. You're just like, you know, pulling people into this next little phase and it feels like a very natural way to go with it. So I felt I felt like that anyway. Like you listen to it, it's like it's different, but it's still Jacob Lee. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, not a very eloquent way to put it. But, no, I it yeah, is. I really did feel that vibe and you still get that, you know, little snippets of where you come from, but it's really exciting to see that evolution. And I don't want to play favorites, but I do know you do have a new track imminently coming out. Can you explain a little bit about this brand new track that's about to release? Yeah. So this is called Break My Heart Again and the acoustic version's already out. So we completely shifted the strategy with this one. Usually the produced like actual commercial radio version will be released and then you'll do an alternative version just to give something, uh, give people something extra. This time, just because we've done that model three or four times already, we wanted to see if we could reverse that and say, here's the chill version and wait until you see what we've done to the song now, you know? And uh, interestingly interestingly enough, the producer version was done first and um, we organized the acoustic one afterwards. But again, because of all the contractual delays and the amendments to those contracts, I was like, I need to release something. So we just turned that song acoustic, threw it out to people and uh, let people know that there was a, you know, a much more processed, produced and electronic version coming soon. Mm. Uh, So there's so much content like that's been organized already with that song. Um, You know, there's like, as, as usual, like I always do this, but there's a lyric video, a music video, um, the acoustic session already released. There's a fan video, which has, you know, I think over a hundred people from around the world lip syncing to the song so we organized that which took a long time yeah and they had to memorize the lyrics they had to sign like ndas to not you know share the song publicly Mm. and no one did which is great so um yeah all that content is coming and it is the catalyst for my new sound it's the the entry point to it um and again we'll just see what people think Mm. i have a feeling they'll love it to be honest i've had a lot of time to sit with it and digest it and be objective about it it's a good litmus test (laughs) yeah yeah and so everyone i've shown has been like 
they've said what you've said. Like there's definite similarities to how I've created in the past, but there's a natural evolution into something that is brand new. Mm. And uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, bring it on. I think we all need a bit more of that in 2022 and beyond. And tell me in terms of how you're building towards this album, I believe that you're going to be releasing as singles in the build up. Like are we culminating into this grand release of an album or how are you going to actually reach that final point of it being complete, so to speak? I'm still kind of deciding. I think I have my method set in stone a little bit, but also because I'm shifting the sound, it's like, do I shift the strategy Mm -hmm. too? So I've got a bit of time to figure that out. Usually what I do is every single song is a single, Mm -hmm. every single one from the album. And I just feel like as someone who creates so many assets for every song, it's worth giving them time to breathe instead of just doing the three to four singles and having six to 12, uh, six to eight tracks that come out afterwards as like a a lump, like Mm. launch or drop. And, um, I don't like doing that because I feel like a lot of songs get buried in the process and there's so much meaning in every track. Why not give them time to flourish and blossom? So I think I might be doing that again and then wrapping up the album at the end. Uh, but we'll see, you know, I'm working with new people this time and I've got a lot of, uh, external voices coming through and they have, uh, different strategies to me. So it's going to be a conversation to see what they think is appropriate and whether I agree. Mm. And I was going to ask on that topic, are you enjoying that new thing? Like, do you like not getting challenged as such, but like a little bit getting outside that comfort zone and allowing people in? Cause it's obviously a very you know, personal and intimate thing that you've built and it's completely yourself driving this as a solopreneur, which is my favorite word ever. I'm just stealing that. But like, are you enjoying that aspect of it? I am. It's still very new to me. And I've found that I haven't had to check with anyone in the past about decisions I've made. So with a few of these bigger decisions, I do, I don't have to run them buy them or like get their approval because it's still my business and they're, they're coming to assist, but it is more of a collaborative effort. And, uh, I feel like as a business owner and someone who's looking to develop my own companies and have been for a while, you need to get familiar with that. You can't do everything alone. It's just silly. And you, it's very egotistical to do that too. Thinking all your ideas are the best ideas. They're not, you know, and when people come through with other alternative ideas, it's good to recognize when those are better than yours Mm. and uh, allow those things to kind of grow organically within a collective. So I've found that even though it's very new with uh, the distribution company, The Orchard, who I'm with now, um, I'm finding that they've been very open to my process. They understand that I've been doing this for like eight years without any help. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it might be a little bit of a uh, learning curve for me to relinquish a little bit of that um, to allow them to bring ideas to the table. But mm. the learning curve hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be. I'm a pretty open person. And if they give an idea that I think is better, it's like, yeah, screw my idea. Like that's yeah. better, you know, and we'll objectively move forward with what is going to make this song more successful, mm. not just to feed my ego of like, well, no, everything I say is right. Cause it's not. Yeah. So, um, it's been fun to be honest. And it's all, it's taken, uh, a bit of pressure off me to be honest, to not have to do absolutely every single thing because it's impossible, especially at this level of my career now. Like there's too much happening and too much to keep up with. Like social media itself is a full-time job. Even just running a Discord is a full-time job. So you need people to assist with all the different things so you can delegate to them and 
you know, I've been building that out and it's been really fun to bring on friends of mine too. Um, not just in the distribution aspect, but the business side of the creativity and, um, the social media as well. So, yeah. And it's amazing bringing in like all those different strengths. And like you said, like no man is an Island, like you can start it off and you could, you could, I know you do like 50 million things at once. Like I can, I'm convinced you've cloned yourself, like, secretly, <laughs> yeah. but it is really nice when you can still have your creativity, like come to fruition, but yeah, kind of have those different avenues open. And speaking of all the things you are doing, I know it is no secret. You are obviously very, very much deep in the world of NFTs as well. You've had your conscious Conscious collective. Uh, the uh, conscience cards. Conscious cards. So the conscious cards, obviously you've done that and you've got your lowly lab stuff. Can you elaborate a bit? Like are we going to see more of that happening with these new releases or is that all strictly under wraps? It's not. Maybe it should be. <laughs> I'm. Uh, we can cut it later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, everyone knows I'm really bad at keeping my own secrets. I just say everything because I'm excited about it. Yeah. But um, the lowly lab stuff is, it's somewhat difficult to explain because lowly has become its own persona now which is so interesting and it's not like i've ever been trying to like develop this split personality or this split character online but i originally created this separate account so i could speak about web3 and nfts without annoying all the people who didn't care about it you know because i wanted to speak about it all the time i believed in what it could be but uh, I knew that my Jacob Lee fan base wanted music videos and songs and touring. And if I kept talking about, why don't you go and get Ethereum and go and get this digital wallet and buy this collectible? They'll be like, shut up. I'll <laughs> be like, just give us a song. What's the music? Yeah. So I decided to create a new account and that has then taken its own form where people now through the Web3 space are literally calling me lowly. That's my name to them. It's so interesting and weird. And I don't know where that's going because that was never the intention. But I like, I for some reason, I've always liked that word. And so I'm building a company with that word now. And uh, within Web3, you see uh, companies like Yuga Labs or Lava Labs, or uh, there's a whole bunch of different companies that have labs at the end. It's kind of what the culture is doing right now. And so lowly labs seemed like something which was evident and there's alliteration in that. Oh, and my it's just, yeah, <laughs> I just freak out with that shit. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's, it's a web three media company mm -hmm. and I've got people running articles and podcasts and things like that to grow the space, grow the music within the space mm -hmm. and see where that goes. You yeah. know, it's still very early in that, but I, again, believe in what it's, it's turning out to be. Mm -hmm. And there's enough companies now in this space to make it evident. You know, I think I've mentioned this in the past online, but like, Initially, there was some level of delusion to what I was doing because I thought I believed in myself that it was something, but there wasn't enough proof. So many massive companies are in this now. Yeah. Like you have Nike and Adidas and I think Tesla, you have Apple, like mm. Spotify, Shopify. They're all creating it. Twitter has NFT integration for their profile pictures. Mm. Like it's all in there now. Yeah. And it's confusing to me why, they, why, why there's still speculation, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the playing field is just so much wider with all of this as well. Like it's just been so fascinating to see like the doors that never existed, like mm. suddenly are there, but they're not even just doors as like, you know, tessellations of an unlimited universe in there. So it's pretty amazing. Like how are you balancing all of this amongst your creativity? Like how are you able to split your brain into that and then focus on your music and like be releasing? Like are you striking that balance in a like particular way? Because for a lot of us, like not to get all of your, you know, in-depth personal secrets, but a lot of us it's hard enough just to like get up and go to work. Like how are you able to split your brain into all of this? 
I'm all over the shop. <laughs> I have <Same>. no structure. <laughs> um, I, Nikki will often say like, do you remember, have you remembered to do this thing today? I'm like, you never told me that. She's like, <laughs> I told you three times to do this. And I'm like, oh my God. So I am finding that one of my priority, priorities, if not the highest priority for me right now, is to develop more habits towards structure and scheduling. Because it's, again, got to a point now where I can't run everything solo. There's too many ideas and all the ideas are working. So that's, again, it's a good problem to have. But I have recognized that I, I need to delegate as much as possible and become that person who is kind of overlooking everything and making sure everyone's okay and on track. And uh, that's something I'm literally in the midst, in the storm right now of figuring out. Because my personality is, I've got a very artistic personality. And you'll find most musicians aren't very structured people. They struggle to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, so that is how I used to be. However, I do believe I have entrepreneurial tendencies. I've always moved toward that and I don't know why. Uh, but the piece that I lack right now is being more structured and scheduled and working with calendars and like the software, like where we've just integrated like ClickUp and like the Asana type platforms and you know, with all the people that are coming on and there's employees here now underneath the lowly labs and philosophical records and Jacob Lee, like, um, that needs to be put in place. Otherwise everyone just gets frustrated and annoyed and they won't want to work with me. Uh, so, you know, I'm getting there. Yeah. yeah. It might take the rest of the year to like properly get there, but we're, we're getting there. I, I'm a big believer, better late than never. And I think something like I say, I'll get there eventually. Like I've stopped giving myself like the whole, I have to do this by this week. Like it's just all about like the priorities. And I guess too, being in what you are doing, like some stuff changes as we've seen in the last two years. Like, you know, you can't always have everything planned out to the nth degree. So yeah, I think end of the year is a good yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I know too, something that has been coming back a bit more and I know for yourself, it's been a bit heartbreaking to have to like keep prolonging live music and tours and all of that kind of stuff. Like let's take the negativity off the table. Can you take me back to a really standout memorable live moment for you where you performed and what made it so memorable, whether it was something really positive or if it's where everything went wrong, like give me a standout Jacob Lee moment on stage. There's one which always stands out and there is a video online which captures it. Uh, it was in Romania and I was performing to uh, there were two nights, 500 people each, um, which for me back then was huge. It still is, to be honest. Um, and uh, I landed in Romania. There was a promoter, you know, helping us get to the apartment and, and, you know, get all our stuff ready. And we were walking through the street about to head to the venue. And almost every third minute, someone was like, oh, my God, it's Jacob. And I was like, what is happening? That doesn't happen to me. You know, like even when I'm on tour and there's people that come to venues, getting stopped in the street isn't something which happens really. Mm. So I was like, why Romania? Like <laughs> I had no idea that this was anyone really knew me. Like I knew I had sold some tickets, but not to that extent. So I was on stage singing. I sung my song Demons first. Everyone was singing that and they sung the whole catalog with me the, the entire time. And most of them didn't really speak English very well. So that was extremely exciting that they knew my words. Mm. Uh, but then I, I jumped back on stage after the encore and they were all screaming demons again. They wanted that song again. And uh, I was like, okay. So the first time I played it was with the playback rig. It had some backing and whatnot and it was quite big. But that second time I just uh, went full acoustic and I could barely hear my own voice. They were so loud. And I like cried on stage, like, and they were just like clapping for what seemed like 10 minutes. And I was just there like, 
what the fuck? Like it was absolutely mental. So, um, that is a moment which stands out to me Mm. and it, obviously makes me so happy that that happened but also pretty sad that I've not been on stage for two and a half years now like I've tried to tour four four times in Europe Mm. again like organized everything accommodation flights all of it's been organized and then COVID cancels it all so we're trying to do something next year now Mm. uh we're actually instead of postponing we're canceling everything and restarting um because this tour is cursed, so we're just going to start again. <laughs> a fresh um, start's always good, though. Like, yeah, yeah, with a brand new title, and mm. everything has changed since we initially began that tour, so mm. we're going to completely rebrand it and start again. And, you know, by 2023, you would assume things will be back to normal. Well, look, I don't want to say it's not about me, but 23 is my lucky number. So okay, like, nice. I'm feeling like we've already got good things happening yeah. here. Not just because it's Michael Jordan's number. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, on, with that in mind, like, is there anything else between then and now? Like, I guess the good thing is people are going to have all this time to sit with this beautiful new material and, like, really, because sometimes when people release an album, they instantly tour it. People have heard it, but they haven't been able to really, like, just sit with it and immerse themselves in it. Like, what else do you want to do in 2022 outside of this? Like, obviously you will have probably a very long list of things you want to tick off, but what are some of the key things you really want to tick off in 2022? I want to try and develop the most immersive experiences digitally that I can, because I'm not touring until next year and there's still a lot of this year left. And I have reached a point where I've got enough revenue coming through each month to develop things, which I don't think a lot of artists are thinking about. Mm. Um, Trying to create landscapes and worlds online that people can go in and either listen to me play, um, you know, see things I've created, feel immersed within an ecosystem that's been created. Mm. It seems so like it seems not very organic, but the way that I'm thinking about it is actually very holistic. Mm. And I think you can develop these virtual landscapes, which people can hang out in. I don't think they're going to, you know, replace a real performance or a real in like in-person connection at all. But I think it is another window, which is accessible Mm. now and available now. Mm. Uh, And uh, I've met enough people through my web three endeavors to assist me in the creation of that. Mm. And you know, it's interesting and exciting to look at all the momentum that's being generated within this area because I have two different fan bases now completely. I had to build a brand new one from scratch because my Jacob Lee audience, again, didn't care about this kind of stuff. And so I wanted to continue cultivating all of what I gave them, like what they were used to. But the Web3 people, they already knew what digital wallets were. They knew how to transfer and exchange the money. They knew what the actual ecosystem meant. And so I could provide them a whole different experience. And I think in my opinion, whether it be at the end of this year or later, those two worlds will collide, you know, when people start to recognize what this is and it becomes normal. Mm. And then I'll have all of my infrastructure built already when no one's taking it seriously right now. Yeah, You know, like I speak about it to a lot of artists and they just go, yeah, I've either, they've either not heard about it or they've heard about, heard about it and think it's stupid. Mm. And I'm like, everyone thinks anything new is stupid. Like Mm. you need to have some foresight into where things are going, you know? So yeah. I, I didn't want to say it, but like something I really want to say before, it, it almost feels like you are being this bridge between two very divergent but very, very communal worlds. And I feel like it's going to be exciting to really see that come to fruition, especially when you can actually tour and marry that universe basically together. But to finish us off, I would like to do something a little bit more fun and make it a little bit lighthearted and just get to know you a little bit better. 
can you share with me what is the first live gig you ever attended that wasn't your own? Oh man, it probably would have been one my dad was playing in with like Normie Rowe yes. or like Digger Ravel, mm. um, like probably one of them. And I probably didn't resonate with the songs yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that would have had to have been because I remember watching him when I was growing up. Mm. But if it's one that I chose to go to, um, and plus it was so great watching my dad play, but like, it just wasn't the music that I would listen to. Uh, but I would say probably Parkway Drive. Oh, come on. Stop making it cooler than me. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun. Like I'm, I I don't think people realize how much of a metalhead I am. Like I listen to that stuff pretty much all the time. Mm. And Parkway was one of the first bands I listened to in that genre. And then I went down the rabbit hole of listening to almost everything like, you know, even to the extent of like Chiodos and like Silverstein or Silverstein, however you pronounce it, all of those kind of like more niche Mm -hmm. metal bands, Mm -hmm. um, escape the fate, bless the fall, bring me the horizon, like, you know, a whole bunch. I didn't get into like the whole job for a cowboy type stuff. I don't know if you've heard of them where it's just like like the whole time. Occasionally I'm like, I I can get it, but then I'm like, I can't just sit there and just listen to just that Uh because I start to just get like a little bit wound up. So I have to like turn it down. It's so like, I understand. Well, when people who don't enjoy metal say how aggressive it is, I'm like, if you look deeper, there's a lot of like empathy within Mm. that music the job for a cowboy stuff I'm like I get it that's so aggressive yeah and so I never really got into that to to be honest but uh going back to the question Parkway I think was one of my first yeah and just to see how far they've come it's just so exciting and who doesn't love to see a drum kit upside down on fire seriously and his hair doesn't catch on fire somehow I know it doesn't make any sense I never expected them to do that kind of stuff because they're just like surfy surfy dudes but they went for it yeah I'm so into it and I guess on that given you've seen that that if that's how you started off like I don't even know if I can ask this question but is there someone that you haven't seen live yet that you absolutely would love to see eventually when we can actually all do this um who would be really interesting I feel like there's a better answer than what I'm actually going to come through with oh no I the answer is always the right thing don't worry is it yeah I think the only reason I'm saying this is because I'm obsessed right now. I just love Jaden Smith. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, no, I'm there. Like, there's I love nothing it. like. I mean, you could say he's iconic. I guess uh, he's got a song called Icon. Yeah. Uh, but I'm nonstop listening to him right now, and I mm. think he would be fun. Mm. There's definitely a better answer that I'll think of after this podcast. But yeah, that's it's the always one. The way. <laughs> yeah, and that's I think stick with stick with your first instinct. I think All that's right. a good way to go. <laughs> yeah. And finally, I mean, I don't always like to make people pick an album as such that they would, you know take on the desert island kind of thing but what is the album that you still cling on to that was a really formative album not necessarily just who you are as an artist but like just something that is really intrinsic to who you are as a person is there a particular album I mean it, we can broaden it and say artist if you can't pick that but is there something an that, album came yeah. to mind and it's definitely not intrinsic to who I am now but it's something that I listen to and have a whole bunch of nostalgia for and you know, this section of the podcast is meant to be fun, but I think this this particular album, which is extremely sad, helped me feel less alone during some of those moments when I was a lot younger and didn't really understand much of the world and felt, you know, um, out of place. Um, I really, really enjoyed Suicide Silence by Bring Me the Horizon. Like, you know, the song like Sadness and even Suicide Silence, uh, Suicide Season, I think was the song. Those songs are so dark, Mm. so dark, but they really resonated with me when I was younger, Mm. Um, especially as an indie artist who 
especially back then, had no idea how I was going to do any of this. Mm. Like there was no trajectory for me. It was like, I like this stuff. Yeah. And I, I think I'm good at this. I don't know yet, but I think so. Uh, and even though a lot of the music isn't about like building your career or anything, like a lot of rap artists will speak about like their come up. Uh, I was um, going through a, a bit back then, which I think it helped with. So I would listen to that for, for years, that entire album on and off. Like I haven't listened to it in a while, but um, that one comes to mind as something which helped shift me when I was younger into uh, more lyrical music, yeah. to be honest. I would listen to that because the lyrics had such depth to them. Mm. And I think those types of albums helped me with my trajectory as a lyricist, if yeah. you want to self-proclaim that. so Well, I think it's a very fair thing to proclaim and many others have. So I think it's a very <laughs> fair assessment, but also an amazing album. And I know we are going to have another amazing album in your very own album coming up and all these incredible singles. So I cannot wait to see you live eventually as well and get all of that goodness. But here's to an incredible 2022 and to some incredible musical adventures from yourself, Jacob Lee. Thank you, Tiana. I appreciate you. Well, what a way to kick off season two of Behind the Soundcheck. A huge thank you to Jacob Lee and his incredible team for making today's episode happen. And you can also grab a watch of this podcast episode. You can jump onto YouTube or hit up the episode show notes over at thesoundcheck.org, which is the website for The Soundcheck. And that chat was also filmed by the incredible Colin Jess from Ten of Swords Media as well. And we filmed that at Moe's Desert Clubhouse on the Gold Coast. Be sure to check out Jacob Lee's stunning new single this week. The release of Break My Heart Again is imminent. It will definitely tide you over as Jacob builds to this brand new album and beyond. For more Jacob Lee info, head to at Jacob Lee Music on Instagram. Now, behind the soundcheck, we'll be getting back into the swing of things in 2022. We're kind of going to ease into it. Not going to be too strict with how often we're releasing, but do keep an eye out for more episodes in the not-too-distant future. And the Behind the Soundcheck theme song is courtesy of Osaka Punch. Hall of Shame is the name, and you can get more info about that amazing band. Hit up at Osaka Punch official via Instagram. But for now, that is it from me. Thank you so much for joining me for episode one of season two. I can't wait to hang out with you on Behind the Soundcheck again very soon. Bye.